Hello, this is Zach coming in before the show. You are going to enjoy this fun episode I have with Chris Bailey. His Canadian modesty would not allow me to read his illustrious bio in front of him, so I thought I'd take the time to do that now, as well as tell a few of the things that you can expect from this episode. So Chris's bio is... In May of 2013, Chris graduated from university with two full-time job offers, but he decided to decline both of them to dedicate a full year of his life to exploring his passion, productivity. For a full year, he did anything and everything to become more productive. That included conducting productivity experiments on himself, like having a total isolation for 10 days or using only a smartphone for an hour a day for three months, waking up at 5.30 every morning, and working 90 hours a week. His work has received national and international media attention from outlets such as The New York Times, Lifehacker, Founder Magazine, New York Magazine, CBC, which stands for Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, I think. I find out about this and other Canadian things on this episode. Every month, his work is read by hundreds of thousands of people from almost every country in the world. And recent interviews of prestigious TED organizations said that he might be the most productive man you'll ever hope to meet. Chris is an author of a forthcoming book, The Productivity Playbook, which will be published in 2016 by Penguin Random House. I very much hope we can have him on again when that book is released. I know it will be good. Some of the things we talk about in this episode are the three things that every person absolutely needs to become more productive. And he teaches us a bit of the 80-20, some low-hanging fruit on each of these three core areas. We also talk about his definition of productivity. So Asian efficiencies is consistently taking action on your goals. And Chris's his line's pretty close. He says productivity isn't about how much you produce, it's how much you accomplish. And he talks about how you can accomplish the things that are meaningful to you. So I hope you enjoy. I know I did. I got a lot out of this. This is actually one of those episodes that I'll have to listen to a number of times to get all the nuggets out of there. He's been so deep into this space for so long that he just has so much knowledge that he manages to share a number of exercises and other techniques and other number of tips that I know will bring more productivity to your life and help you take more action around your goals. So please enjoy this conversation with Chris Bailey. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, I've you gave me a great bio, and I, it actually pleases me to know that it was a text expander snippet that you sent me. So you saved time. You didn't have to rewrite this. You just knew exactly what to give me. And no, I just love it. type so in B bio, and it comes right up. It, it flourishes bio. into existence. Actually, I don't have a bio text expander snippet. I am going no? to have to make one. Oh, it's a standard. You got to have it, man. You got to have it. A standard, standard snippet. So I'm going to get like, going. It's like three paragraphs. Are you sure you want to you read the whole thing? All right. Well, I'll, thing to everybody? I'll do the highlights. I'll do the highlights. Okay. I okay. actually just found out about you through your website a couple of years ago. And so in May of 2013, you graduated from university. You had some job offers, but you decided to decline both of them because you wanted to explore your passion, which is Productivity. productivity. There Productivity. You so you're on the right show. 
And you did a full year of experimenting on yourself. And that's when I first found about, uh, about you. I think it was the 70 Hours of TED Talks is the first article I read on your post, which is you watched 70 hours of TED Talks to figure out how information overload works or, or doesn't work and how much you could retain. And actually, it's a really good article of all the things that you learned in TED Talks. I don't know if I've watched too many TED Talks besides your own since then, uh, because it's like, oh, I've learned everything I need to know, uh, <laughs> know about TED Talks. It, it's uh, funny because, sorry to interrupt this, this massive bio reading, but uh, you know, that, that's one of the weird things about some of these experiments is, you know, I watched so many TED Talks over the course of a week, you know, 296 of them. And, you know, since that point, I've watched like 10. And that happened, you know, about a year ago, just because I overdid it over the course of that week. Same thing with, with meditation. You know, I used to meditate for half an hour every single day. Then I meditated for 35 hours over the course of a week. And then it took me about, you know, six months to kind of ease back into that ritual. But that, that's beside the point. It's, you know, overdoing it sometimes isn't the best, the best way to do it. And that's what you, you go and you dig and you find out like, oh, was this way, the way to do it, or this way, the way to do it. And it's really interesting. So your site was originally called a year of productivity. You then transitioned. Now it's a life of productivity because this is something you're going to do for longer than a year. And you're writing a book. That's the last part of the massive bio I'll mention the productivity playbook. It's going to be out in 2016. It's by penguin random house. Actually, we were just talking before a special elite part of penguin random house. What was it called again? It well, it, it'll be published by Crown Business, which you know Ooh. I was you know so fortunate to, uh, to to team up with them for this project because they only publish you know ten or twelve books every year, and so they have this kind of you know this kind of Apple like model for the books they publish. Like of course you know Apple, it's this company that makes three or four products. Every single product that Apple makes will fit on a small table, even though they're one of the biggest corporations on the planet. It's, it's kind of a similar model with Crown Business, uh, which is you know part of Penguin Random House. Penguin and Random House apparently merged at some point, I, I guess. Um, and Crown Business is, is an imprint of that. And they have this kind of similar model where, where they invest a lot of weight behind these 10 or 12 books and, and just do a hell of a job of them. So, you know, I was so fortunate to, to team up with, with them for the project, for sure. So this is something people are going to know about next year, for sure. I, it seems like. And you're on the Canadian CBC and CTV, both of them? <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been featured on those, among other other outlets. <laughs> well, I don't know. The CBCs. Well, he's got this list. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not reading it. <laughs> it's a such game a over. My plan was to read it. I actually practiced reading it. I'm not a very good reader out louder, so i got to practice a couple times. And, I mean, he's been in New York Times and all this other stuff. I, was, I just didn't know what Canadian Broadcasting Corporation <laughs> was. And... i got to put that in there for the Canadian folks that, yeah. that happen to listen to this. Right. Tan and I were just talking last night. Tan's the uh, another co-host and writer at Asian Efficiency. And he asked if we had gotten any hate mail yet. And I said, no, I don't think so. Just all positive stuff. He's like, oh, we're not pushing hard enough. So CBC, ha, huh? worthless. There What's go. the CBC good for anyway? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just Canadian. <laughs> Nothing good ever came out of Canada. It's just America's hat. 
Yeah, exactly. Now you now you're gonna. Get there we go. Mail. All right. Or oh, maybe I'll get the hate mail. Actually, knows? I've had probably about five Canadians on Brooks Duncan, Mike Vardy, you. So I don't know if we us Canadians we're, we're productive. We we live in igloos and there's not much to do outside of that. It's not it's not like we live in bustling metropolises. All we have is snow and ice and computers, and that's what we do. We we just do productivity all day. <laughs> that's a, that's what it seems like. So yeah. my first question. We're going to dive in. We're just, the okay. bio's done. The first question is actually kind of a the, softball. The fluff is out of the way. Yeah. Well, no, no. There's more fluff to come. Okay. You have got an injury, and yeah. I want to hear, actually, it's a funny story. I don't know if you need to tell the whole story of how you got this injury, but how it's affected your productivity. We, we said we wanted to talk about that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was, I, I took a trip over to Ireland. I'm, I'm from Ottawa, uh, Ottawa, Canada. And so I, I found a really cheap flight. It was like four or 500 bucks, too good, including taxes, too good to pass up um, to, to Dublin. And so I thought, you know, th- this would be the perfect kind of way to separate from this book that I'm writing to kind of gain perspective on my work, to brainstorm, to disconnect, to come up with ideas. And of course, it's, it's Dublin. And I was staying in the countryside. So I was, I was at a pub, you know, meeting up with a a few folks that that followed my project and stuff like that. And I was walking home after, you know, admittedly one or two uh, too many Guinnesses, you know, I'm not going to beat around the bush, but I was walking down this steep cobblestone sidewalk and it was probably one or two in the morning and it was a slick sidewalk and and I tripped up on it and I broke my ankle. And so, you know, three nights in a Dublin hospital, uh, you know, I was there alone because I went to brainstorm and reflect, uh, you know, health insurance issues, all all that kind of stuff. So, so that that's kind of kind of where I am right now. It's it's incredible, um, and I'm working on an article about this right now. It, it's incredible, not just how physically demanding an injury can be, but also how mentally and emotionally uh, demanding an injury can be, and the healing process as well. So that, that that's kind of something I'm adjusting to right now. I hope I sound normal. I'm off of the pain meds, so I should be semi coherent. But but you know. Send in some hate mail if if I'm not, I guess. Uh, you're you're coherent enough. You're, you're just keep getting me off track every once in a while. And you found a little productivity workaround because you're finding that you're, you're spending so much energy just mending and getting healthy that you were having a hard time writing. What was your productivity workaround for writing your book? Yeah, it was to download kind of a, a dictation app. Because I still have these kind of, uh, you know, goals that I set for myself every day. Um, that, that's actually kind of one of the things that helped me through the healing process. There's not much to say about a, a dictation app. You know, I just talk into a microphone and the words appear on the screen. But but one of the things that kind of helped me through the healing process was every morning, you know, even when I was just out of surgery, you know, this reconstructive surgery on the ankle, it's amazing what, what tripping down a cobblestone path can do to, to muck up your bones. Uh, but even after surgery, you know, every morning I would start out each day just simply forming an intention of what I wanted to accomplish. And I'm sure folks that you've had on, on the show so far have talked about intention, but, you know, I kind of see intention and being deliberate about what you do as pretty much the same thing as being productive. You know, you can't be productive if you're not also deliberate about what you want to accomplish, because of course, 
how can you invest in your productivity if you don't know and you don't decide what you want to be productive on? And so that was actually, that was one of the things that helped me through this whole process. And, and it continues to help me uh, through this day, you know, since I've had the surgery is to, you know, every morning simply form an intention of what I want to accomplish over the course of the day. And it's kind of like the rule of three from, from that great book, uh, getting results, the agile way, um, where, you know, every morning you simply fast forward to the end of the day and you think, you know, what three things will I want to have accomplished by the end of the day? And then you kind of coordinate your time, your energy and your attention over the course of the day in order to accomplish those three things. And you feel freaking amazing when you do like the day I got out of surgery, not to ramble on, on this, uh, on this tangent. I don't know how productive a tangent it is, but you know, let, let others be, be the decider of that. But when I got out of surgery, one of the first things I did that morning was form an intention of what I wanted to accomplish that day. And of course, you know, the three ingredients of productivity, I think are time, energy, and attention. I had a lot of time, but of course I was just out of surgery, so I couldn't really focus that well. I had, you know, one out of 10 uh, energy throughout the entire day. And so I didn't have the resources to accomplish much, but I, I formed this intention to simply walk around the ward a little bit for two or three minutes. And when I accomplished that, I felt, you know, totally productive because I accomplished what I intended to that morning. Um, and, and so that, that's kind of, that's kind of something that, that I think is key to productivity. Um, and you know, it was key to my recovery too, from this injury, you know, you, you think kind of a broken ankle, how bad could that be? But you know, there, there's of course this emotional and this kind of mental, uh, bandwidth that's, that gets taken up, uh, by an injury like this, especially when you're overseas and, and have to deal with this kind of stuff. But the intention, uh, every day was something that, you know, helped me more than anything. And, and the dictation software of course helps too, because I, you know, sitting in these weird positions. <laughs> it's hard to type words. Nice. And it's, I did not share my show notes with you. You just hit on my, my next two questions is what does productivity mean to you? So it's being intentional. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, guessing. Being, being intentional and, and also, you know, kind of the ingredients that comprise it, uh, your time, your attention and your energy, you know, you can't have productivity if you can't manage your time well because you're not going to be productive on the right things. Same with your attention. If you can't focus or you're distracted by a billion things happening around you, you're not going to be able to focus on your work and be productive. Same with energy. You know, if you burn out by one or two in the afternoon, if you drink too much caffeine, if you eat crap, you know, you're not going to have the fuel that you need to burn in order to be productive. So, so it, it, it is that intention, you know, at the core of productivity is this kind of deliberateness and this intention, but the ingredients that you combine every day, I, I think are your time, your attention and your energy. Nice. And that was my second question. So what are the necessary ingredients? Okay. So thank you so much. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, but actually I, I love where you're going with this and you had a year of productivity after you finished university. But you'd been interested in productivity for a long time. I saw in your TED Talk there was a picture of you at 15 reading some <laughs> stress management book. So yeah. over the years, over the uh, almost decade, you've been really focused on this area of life. Maybe we can break down each of the ingredients in your little Venn diagram of productivity. Yeah, sure. Time, attention, attention, and energy, and talk about what you've learned that has been most useful to you, maybe the 80-20, so things that take a little bit of effort but give you the most results. So maybe let's dive into 
uh, let's do energy first because that's what you're struggling with right now with your in- injury. Yeah, it's just kind of a, I have a different baseline every day uh, in order to get stuff done. You know, I used to have two legs. I used to not have to you know work out my my stupid ankle. I used to <laughs> I, used, I used to be able to hit the gym, um, and you know all these things are, you know, providing me with kind of a lower baseline for, for energy for the next, you know, four to six weeks until I recover. But in terms of the low hanging fruit for what somebody can do, and this is going to sound like the, the most boring answer imaginable, but energy, you know, there, there are some common, very, very common mistakes I think people make that, that I see people making when it comes to how they manage their energy. Like they don't eat well. You know, if you eat crap, if you if you ate cake every single meal, uh, you know all day long, you would have no energy after a day or two. You would have no energy to get anything done. You know, obviously people don't eat cake every day, but they eat too much sugar. Uh, they they eat too much caffeine, whatever form, whatever vehicle they they consume caffeine in, whether it's tea or coffee or, or what have you. Uh, so, so there are these kind of common mistakes people make, and and. The most common one, I think, is diet. You know, food is the fuel that keeps you burning over the course of the day. And, and so that's, that's kind of the first one. The second one, I'd say, um, is exercise. You know, exercise is another piece of this low-hanging fruit that, that you know, you, you kind of look at the choice of working out for a half an hour and doing a half an hour more work. And, and you kind of weigh the two against one another. And most people think, you know, of course, half an hour of work is going to make me more productive. But productivity isn't about how much you do. It's about how much you accomplish. And, and you're not going to accomplish much when you have no energy. And maybe that half an hour is, is a productive decision in the short term. But in the long term, you're going to burn out and run out of energy. So you have to kind of take that time to refuel and sleep. I, I think sleep is the third one. And again, I feel like a mom, like eat your vegetables, exercise and get enough sleep. But sleep is, you know, I think, you know, there, there's, there's sometimes when I sleep in for an extra hour, because I know that sleeping for an extra hour will give me two more hours of productivity over the course of the day, because it'll let me focus that much more and bring that much more energy to what I have to do. Um, you know, w- one of kind of the paradoxes that I think a lot of people face when it comes to productivity is that the busier you are, the more productive you feel. But again, productivity isn't about how much you do or how busy you are. It's about, you know, when the day is done, did you accomplish what you intended to and how much did you accomplish? And and so that's kind of where energy fits in. It's this fuel that you burn to be productive. And again, mom advice, you know, exercise, eat better, stop drinking caffeine habitually, um, cut back on the booze, especially when you're in Dublin, so you don't lose you know, four or six weeks on, on recovery. Drink more water, get enough sleep. Uh, it, it's common sense advice, but common sense, you know, as the cliche goes, it's not always common action. That you know, just because something's common sense doesn't mean somebody will act in accordance with that. So, so those are kind of the the pieces, the eighty twenty, uh, the high leverage things that you can do when it comes to energy. I think that was really helpful. I. Could you be a little more motherly to me personally? There's one area of my life that I feel like I'm a little out of control, and it's with my oh, coffee no. addiction. Oh, so man. right now yeah. I'm actually, I feel like I'm 
living uh, a year of productivity right now, I somehow agreed to do a 30-day challenge, a 31-day challenge of cold showers. So I'm doing that right oh, now. Oh, those are but terrible, I, man. Oh. But I think my next uh, – <laughs> yeah, I'm three days in. It's been fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm dictating how I feel after and during and – What's going through my head? I just learned that if I jump in right away, that the pipes are still warm, the water a little bit, so the first 10 seconds aren't terrible. But it's oh, snowing What outside. are you doing to yourself? Well, Zachary, we, we need to chat. You're, hey, you're... <laughs> uh, it's, it's for the sake of productivity. Hey, why did you yeah. spend 10 days by yourself? That was crazy. You should yeah, in, in isolation, yeah. <laughs> but, but you had another experiment, experiment where you had only water. And yeah. I thought that would be really interesting. I actually don't drink much besides water and coffee, but the mm-hmm. coffee feels like it might be hard for me to give up. Did you have that problem? And I also think that starting to tweak into my life in other areas where it comes to sleep. Normally, I've, I've been pretty good about sleep, but actually the last few weeks, I've been having a hard time, and I think caffeine might have something to do with it. So yeah. what, was, what was your experience with your month of water only, and maybe what are some, what's some advice for me personally, if you want to be my mom, and <laughs> tell me what to do, uh, besides not doing cold showers, because I'm doing that. Yeah, I don't care how productive a cold shower would make me. That's something I'm never going to do. Yeah, I I think the half-life of caffeine is about six hours. So, you know, cut off caffeine depending on what time you go to bed. You know, I think the Harvard Medical School, I think, recommends uh, stop drinking caffeine six to eight hours before you go to bed. So that's kind of, you know, if you're going to drink caffeine, the least you can do is drink it strategically when it'll make you the most productive. Um, and so that, that's kind of one of the things that you can do because once you drink caffeine and stay up late and compromise your sleep and then tired the next day, then you drink more caffeine, then, then the cycle just spirals downwards. And again, you feel productive because you're busy and because you have this kind of caffeine high, but you don't accomplish as much as if you didn't drink any at all in the first place. Um, th- that's something that's interesting to talk about um you know people people feel more productive when they drink caffeine um and oftentimes they are um but but in the long term your body adjusts to how much caffeine you consume so let's say you go from drinking zero cups of coffee a day and you you suddenly drink a cup of coffee and you think oh my god this is this is such an amazing caffeine high i'm gonna get so much done and you write ten thousand words and you read a thousand pages and you know you have a very productive day but then you consume that cup of coffee the next day and with every single day that you continue to consume that cup of coffee the marginal productivity gain to be had this is what the studies show decreases until you're at about that same level that you were when you drank zero cups every single day your body adjusts to how much caffeine that you consume um and until the point where it acclimates Acclimates? Is that the right word? Whatever, whatever the word is, uh, where, where it gets used to the amount of caffeine you consume until you're, that becomes your new level of normal. And you need that cup of coffee every morning just to feel normal. And so what you do at that point is you drink two cups of coffee every morning to get that same caffeine high. Uh, and then you adjust to drinking two cups of coffee. So one of the best things that you can do for as far as caffeine is concerned is to drink coffee or 
green, I think they're much better vehicles for caffeine than coffee. You know, coffee is, is this, you, you have this huge crash in the afternoon. I haven't experimented too much with bulletproof coffee, but the studies that I've seen that I've encountered with bulletproof coffee say about the same thing that your body adjusts to it and, you know, you end up crashing after, um, you know, the, the reason why, you know, to the experiment, the reason why that experiment was so powerful is because, you know, we consume all these things in the liquids that we drink throughout the day. You know, you're, you're good compared to most people. A lot of people drink like energy drinks. They drink sugary drinks. They just drink this atrocious stuff that takes their energy levels on a roller coaster throughout the day instead of having this kind of consistent amount of energy by eating properly and, and getting enough nutrition. Um, so th- that was one of the things I noticed during the experiment. I don't drink too much, excuse me, sh- sugary-based drinks or or anything like that. But you know, the the amount of caffeine that I consume really did influence my productivity before that experiment. And after that experiment, I began to drink caffeine much more uh, strategically instead of habitually. Because if you drink a cup of coffee before you have an important meeting or an important interview or before you're about to give a talk, you're going to get so much more out of caffeine than if you just consume a cup of coffee every morning and your body adjusts to that level of caffeine. So, So that's... I don't know. I'm kind of rambling on about, you know, around that point. But does that kind of help you out? That really helps me out. I think maybe I need to reset my little caffeine clock by taking taking some time off. I actually did do Bulletproof, or I'm currently still drinking Bulletproof coffee. And the reason I like that is because it took more of the edge off and there was less of a crash. But I think after about two and a half, three months, personally for me, my honeymoon period might be over because it's it's that same, you know, I'm getting, I was drinking a lot less coffee by drinking Bulletproof because it was more of a sustained rather than just like this huge energy buzz. Tan and Aaron of Asian Efficiency keep telling me to drink green tea because it's got less, uh, less caffeine, but more, I think the the words L-theanine is the yeah, it's L-theanine as well as as well as the antioxidants, which kind of mitigate uh, mitigate the effects of of the caffeine crash. Um, and you know th- th- that's another point I was driving at is there are so many better vehicles for caffeine than coffee. You know, coffee's coffee's one of the worst. The absolute worst would be a sugary energy drink because in addition to get the caffeine, getting the caffeine crash you get the sugar crash later on in the day too when your blood glucose levels just crash to the ground alongside alongside your your uh your caffeine levels uh th- that's one of the worst things you can consume you know green tea is one of the one of the best vehicles for caffeine i think uh matcha matcha which is you know a ground up green tea leaf powder is you know has even more antioxidants and i believe it has higher levels of L-theanine too. Don't quote me on that, please. But then, then green tea does. So that's it, an even better vehicle for caffeine and that kind of sustained uh, kind of high that you get from it. Uh, personally, I, I, I hardly ever drink uh, caffeine, you know, you know, just, just in general. I do whenever I'm about to give a talk because it gives me kind of that boost and that extra amount of energy. Uh, I drink it before I give like a, a big interviews, like the ones we mentioned in the bio, because I'm able, my brain is able to form connections that much more fluidly under those conditions. But if you drink it every day, 
Or, or I also drink it before I work out a lot of the time because it allows me to have a much more efficient workout and bring more energy to the workout that I'm having. But when you drink it every day, that's that's when you kind of start this downhill slide, like you were talking about, like you know, drinking too much caffeine, drinking it later on in the day, and then you next day your productivity shot, even though you don't feel like it is. And, and so it's it's this kind of you know downhill slope, and you know it's you know it, it's just not. It's not good to drink habitually. All right. Well, if people are interested in more about different supplements that you can take for your energy and for your health, episode six of the Productivity Show is where I talk with Aaron, and that's where I first learned about L-theanine and other different supplements that you can take to make sure that you have more consistent energy. So maybe we can move on to attention. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, just, just kind of one final point of that. Okay. You know, ca- caffeine and alcohol, they're just ways of borrowing energy. You know, when you drink caffeine, you borrow energy from later on in the day. When you drink alcohol, you're borrowing energy from tomorrow. And and that's that's sometimes fine. You know, if you don't mind a caffeine crash later on in the day, if it means you acing a presentation and you having, you know, little energy on your ride home from work. Um, same, same with alcohol. You know, I, I drink alcohol from time to time, but you know, you have to be, again, it, it goes back to the deliberateness and the intention behind what you do. You know, you, you can't do this stuff habitually because these things can have such profound effects over your energy levels, which can have profound effects over your productivity. You know, if you don't mind being, you know, hung over for, for a massive, uh, plane ride that you can sleep through or a massive you know train ride that you can sleep through and you want to have fun in your last night in a city you know that that's fantastic go go ahead and do that but again it's it's the deliberateness and that intention behind what you consume in the first place that I think is key all right well you heard it you heard it here <laughs> so I'm taking like, I'm taking like <laughs> yeah I'm taking like forever to answer these questions. So, yeah, I don't know how far we're going to get down in your list, but... Yeah, we might not get through them all. That's fine. We Maybe I'll have to have you on again, or I'll actually point you to some other podcasts that I want you to be on so I can just listen to you more. Um, drinking beer for your productivity. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it can help you form, you know, more creative intention, more creative thoughts, because it, it cuts down on your on your inhibitions. But, you know, again, it's the deliberateness that, that you have to have before you consume it in the first place, just knowing the effects that it has on your energy levels and, and being okay with them. But yeah, beer is okay. And I, th- I think the in-depth of your, your answers just shows how much you've been working and how much you've been thinking about these types of, of things. And Too much. Thousands yeah. and thousands of words and uh, <laughs> <laughs> spent thousands and thousands of hours. Well, thinking about these types of things. So maybe we can get to a little bit more low-hanging fruit when it comes to time and attention. Just dive in wherever you want. What are some of the things that really could help people out if they're having trouble? Actually, let's just go right to attention. Yeah. <laughs> Since I'm being ADD about my questioning, <laughs> how do you stay focused there? Do you meditate? I do. Yeah? How often? Every day. For how long? 10 minutes. Cool. Yeah, that's one of the best things you can do for for attention. Um, there, there's kind of yeah, there, there's so many things that you can do for your attention. Me- meditation is one of my favorite ways of of building up my attention muscle uh, because the whole idea of of attention and productivity is 
you know, to kind of defend your attention against the distractions that come up and come your way, as well as, you know, kind of clear the brush in your attention. So you're able to focus on just one thing at one time. Meditation, it, it has, you know, this massive PR problem because when most people, especially business people think about meditation, they, they kind of shut off. Let's be honest. They, you know, they stop listening and, and, you know, they, they fast forward, they hit the 30 second skip button uh, on whatever podcast player they're listening to the, to the podcast in, but all the neuroscience behind meditation shows that it's one of the best things that you can do to, to build up your attention. It boosts the amount of gray matter in your brain. It, it actually causes you to need less sleep, it boosts your test scores. If you're about to take a test, it allows you to dive deeper into whatever it is that you're working on. Um, you know, there, there are so many things that you can do for your attention. I'll just kind of rhyme a few of them off. You know, in terms of multitasking, also, you know, people have this this idea that they can focus on more than one thing at one time, and it goes back to the whole busyness thing. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive, because productivity isn't about how much you do, it's about how much you accomplish. And multitasking, it kind of creates this illusion of productivity because you're doing more, but your brain can't do two things at one time. It, what it does is it transitions between the things that you're doing very, very quickly in order to create the illusion that you're multitasking, even though every single study that's ever been conducted on multitasking says that it makes you less productive, not more productive. Um, you know, for, for attention, you know, simply, um, capturing the things that are weighing you down in your head. And this goes back to, to what David Allen talks about, um, it, it, with his getting things done methodology, you know, getting the things that you have to do and the things that you're waiting on and the projects that you're working on and the ideas that you have that are bouncing around in your head throughout the day out of your head and into some kind of system or list, or it doesn't even matter. It can be, it can be a book that you keep by your desk, getting these things out of your head into a system that you trust and that you depend upon is one of the best things that you can do for your attention. Because for every idea you get out of your head and onto into this system, that's, you know, some extra attentional space that you can carve out to think about bigger and better things and come up with new ideas throughout the day. And, and so I, I guess those are a piece, a few pieces of lower hanging fruit. Also slowing down, you know, people, I think a lot of people equate, not, not only equate productivity with busyness, but equate productivity with how fast they work. They want to do more and more and more faster, faster, faster. But when you work faster, it's that much more difficult to be more deliberate about what you're working on in the first place. You know, it's, it's this kind of paradox of productivity where you work faster and you feel more productive, even though you might not be working smarter instead of just harder. And you might be wasting your time on working on the wrong things in the first place. And so simply slowing down um, to, to be able to work more intentionally is, I think, another powerful thing that you can do. That's really cool. We've been hearing this theme overall for a, with a lot of the guests that we have on, either slowing down or getting things out of your head or writing things down. Uh, David Allen was actually the first book on productivity I ever read, and it just got me going uh, a handful of years ago and really helped. And I can't say how much of the emotional burden that just gets lifted from you when you're thoughts aren't just swimming around your head all the time. And for me, writing things down was 
one of the first things that actually made a massive difference in my life. Meditation then eventually made a little bit more of a difference, but that's that's really good to hear that somebody with as depth of knowledge as you agrees with a lot of the things that I've been thinking and hearing and uh, and seeing out there. So that's that's cool. Well, well, behind every single one of these things, behind meditation, there's all this neuroscience. Behind multitasking, uh, there's all this neuroscience. And, and the same with capturing the open loops that are in your head. There's there's all this kind of new science that's beginning to come out right now that's supporting David's methodology. And and it's incredible, you know, kind of the insights that are coming out of out of these fields that that show that outsourcing these thoughts into some system that you trust actually does. Uh, let you have more attentional space. So it, it, there is, there really is powerful power behind all these kind of methods. His book, Getting Things Done, is actually getting a facelift. I think in ten days from where we're recording, so on March thirteenth, he's going to have a new and revised. Actually, by the time it airs, it will. <laughs> this will already be out. So David Allen will have a new and revised. And I hear that it's talking about a little bit more of the neuroscience that he intuitively figured out while working with all these business owners and professionals. Yeah. March 17th, I think. Oh, March 17th. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's exciting. You've Everybody should buy it. pre-order ready too, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe you just get it later in Canada, huh? Ever think about that? Maybe it is the March 13th. Maybe. Yeah. Cause the, <laughs> we'll yeah, put the, the, we'll put the correct, uh, <laughs> the, the correct one in the show notes, which will be the productivity show.com forward slash 35. Or we're going to do a special one for you, Chris, uh, theproductivityshow.com forward slash ALOP, A-L-O-P, a, a life of productivity. Whoa. Yeah, I know. We're Incredible. We're, we're pretty high tech here. We could do that. We're tight. Yeah, we we're can close. Make, yeah. We can make two URLs. Um, well, that's great. So that's attention. I, I actually have an, a bit of advice for you for helping people not get distracted is not having your dang Twitter feed next to some of your articles on your site. <laughs> that got me so bad this morning. I think because I didn't have a great night's sleep, so I was a little distracted. So I was looking at some stuff and watching. Actually, I'm going to make sure to put this in the show notes. A great video, highly produced video that you made talking about these different factors, how time, energy, and attention are really the only things that we have to produce value in the world and to be productive. And you, it's really well done. It's a short video, but next to it was your Twitter feed. And I was like, Oh, that seems interesting. That seems interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> and I couldn't help it. I eventually <laughs> had to just time box it. It's like, all right, I got 25 minutes to do my research and then I'm done. So <laughs> I need to, I need to get it done. Normally I just kind of peruse and read and kind of take my time with it, but I, I couldn't do it. So <laughs> That, that man, you you just need more sleep. I think that's the <laughs> that actually probably is the, is the main crux. All right, so I think we're gonna I'm gonna force us to get through all of them. We might this might be a little bit longer of an episode. But what about time? What are some of the the low hanging fruit, the eighty twenty that you found to get more done, accomplish more meaningful work with your time? Yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of a simpler one. You know, I, I think I think a task can be valuable for one of two reasons. Um, the first is because, you know, it's kind of the 80-20 rule. It allows you, you know, through that task, you accomplish more minute by minute than any other task on your list. You know, it, it has this kind of high impact in your work. Um, this The second reason a task can be valuable is because it's meaningful to you. Um, and, you know, a lot of people 
kind of forget about that one and they only work on the things that'll make them the most productive and they forget about their kind of well-being <laughs> and, and you know living a meaningful life and if you're lucky you know those those two will sync up in your work you know your work will also be highly meaningful to you as well as impactful to to yourself and the world around you and you know i'm, I'm kind of lucky that you know i've designed this project and the the life of productivity project um, to try, at least try to sync up the two. But I think those are the two reasons something can be valuable, um, valuable for you. Um, in, ter in terms of, you know, the time thing, you know, I, I already mentioned the rule of three and that's a technique. Um, you, you know, it's, it's been talked about on a number of blogs, but the, the place I first came across it was in getting results, the agile way, which is, you know, one of my favorite books on productivity, just because it's so simple in its methodology, it, it allows you to kind of work with intention, but yet get back to work at the same time without spending all day managing everything you have to do without actually doing any of it. Um, the rule of three is one of the most powerful things that you can do to manage your time better, you know, simply at the start of every day, Define, you know, just on a sheet of paper, on a Word document, or I do it in a text edit document because I have a Mac and Word is a piece of crap on the Mac. You know, I, I define the three things Thank you for that more I want mail. to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know, the hate mail is going to pile up at the end of this episode. Also, because it's going to be like six hours long. So you're <laughs> going to get some hate mail because of that, too. But, you know, simply, you know, what I do is I, I choose very, very deliberately what three things I want to accomplish by the end of every day. And every Sunday, I do the same thing over the course of the week. I think, okay, if the week is done, what three things will I want to have accomplished? And, and you know, that kind of aligns what you spend your time on over the course of the day and the week with what you want to accomplish, which, of course, is what productivity is all about. It doesn't align you to be busier it aligns you to accomplish more over the course of the day and the week. And so that's, that's one of the best, you know, things that somebody can do. It takes five minutes every morning and every week to do this, but you're going to get those five minutes back, you know, a hundred times over, over the course of the day and the week, because you're going to be productive and spend your energy and your attention on the best possible things, the most productive possible things. Um, another exercise that, you know, this is one of the highest return exercises that you can do when it comes to productivity. And I know most of the people who are listening to this right now, they're probably in, you know, kind of listening and consumption mode and, and it's hard to switch from you know listening and consuming a podcast to actually doing something to action the stuff in the podcast but but I'll, I'll just say this you know the, this is the most powerful exercise that I've come across with productivity period so if you're serious about productivity you should think about doing it um, the exercise is actually quite simple on the surface the, the exercise is to get out a sheet of paper or get out word, which is a, you know, junk on the Mac or get out text at it or whatever your, your medium of choices, mind mapping, whiteboard, whatever, and simply write down everything that you're responsible for in your work over the course of a typical month, get it all out on a sheet of paper in front of you. And, and that exercise, you know, it's, it's again, like it, it's again like the exercises that help your attention by outsourcing these ideas out of your head and into a system. It, it kind of has that effect off the bat. But what you do after that is insanely powerful. What, what you do is you ask yourself, out of all of these things that I've captured, what one thing 
in my work contributes the most value to who I work for, including if you work for yourself. And then you ask yourself the same thing again. Okay, what second thing contributes the most value to who you work for? And then you ask yourself a third time, what what third thing contributes the most value to who you work for? These these three things, and this is a method from, oh man, I think it was Brian Tracy. Um, he, he wrote about this in, in one of his books, which I forget which book and, you know, it's, it's probably not original from him either. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I've but, only read eat that frog and that's this exercise sounds familiar to me. So it might okay. be that book. So maybe it, maybe it's from the frog book. Uh, but you know, those, those three exercises contribute 80 to 90% of the value to whoever you work for, including if you work for yourself and everything that's left on that sheet of paper is a low return task. You know, it's something that shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be productive on because it either supports your work or it can be outsourced or delegated or just eliminated from your work entirely. And so, you know, simply, you know, picking three things at the beginning of every day and the beginning of every week, as well as, you know, picking the three things that you should be productive on in general, I think is one of the best time things that you can do. That's really interesting. I am actually, or not actually, I am absolutely going to try this exercise. I'm not going to let let it just wash over me. That's that sounds good. I've I do the three things at the beginning of the day, and I do the three things for my week. That sort of planning is great. We actually use agile development at Asian Efficiency, so we cool. have we actually just switched down to one week sprints. We were doing two week sprints, but we're we're trying one week ones out for for a little while. And so we have all the things that we need to get done. So it's really clear and really, it makes a lot of sense. Like, oh, okay, well, I just need to do these things and, and my day is done. Uh, well, well that's, so- that's why the exercises are so powerful because it, it gives you this clarity before you begin to work, you know, whether it's before the start of the day, before the start of the week, or in general, you know, it gives you this clarity of what's important to work on before you start working on anything, which is more powerful than anything. You know, you can focus on these time hacks like, oh, it's been, you know, 20 minutes doing this and the 30 minutes doing that. But, but at the end of the day, you know, productivity is about what you accomplish. And the best way to accomplish more is to spend your time on the right things in the first place, I think. That sounds great. Yeah, 50,000 foot view. I think that's, that's something people forget to do, and that's what the exercise really sounds like it'll, it'll allow you to do. So we'll call that your, your resource. So we've got – it's actually kind of one of my favorite parts of the productivity show. So we get all these cool, interesting people on, and then we get to ask them three questions. So we're getting a compendium of questions. That's actually making me read a lot of books because they keep on sounding so good. Um, but it's a, a book, a tool, and speaking of Brian Tracy, a frog. So this is a big project that you have to eat or complete. For you, obviously, it might be your book or maybe getting healthier. But if you want to answer those those three questions, maybe – as succinctly as uh, your um, your Canadian senses will let you. Um, what what's a book that's helped you been be- become more productive lately? And I know you've read so many. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to crank out those three questions while while hopefully respecting people's time somewhat. Um, you know, the book I mentioned it a few times, getting results the agile way um, for starting meditation. Mindfulness in plain English is one of the best books I've encountered on actually the best book I've encountered on the topic. You know, meditation is an idea that's so ambiguous in terms of the, the tool or the resource. Uh, I'll suggest one that maybe someone 
people haven't, um, yourself, you know, because you're the one who's spending your time, your energy and your attention over the course of the day to get stuff done. And so, you know, don't be afraid You know, set an hourly chime on your phone or something, you know, whatever your method of choice is to, to check in every once in a while and ask, you know, okay, how much energy do I have? How much focus do I have right now? And do I need to step back to cultivate my energy levels? If I, if they're low, you know, maybe, maybe you notice your energy levels are low and you make the connection that your energy levels are low because you started drinking caffeine recently and you didn't get enough sleep. It's, it's kind of that awareness that precedes the deliberateness that'll help you uh, get more done over the course of the day. So, you know, simply checking in, uh, how, how much are you procrastinating? Do you need to step back from your work? How much focus do you have? Should you start meditating? Are you surrounded by distractions? Is there too much on your mind? You know, checking in, I, I check in every half hour or hour, um, just to think about these variables and think about, okay, what, what changes do I need to make to actually accomplish what I intend to over the course of the day. So, you know, just, just look at yourself every, every once in a while. Um, of course the, the, the big project, uh, the frog, as, as you and Brian would say that I'm eating right now is my broken ankle and, and, you know, being aware of how much energy and focus and attention that I have is helping me heal more than anything because I can see if I'm, I'm stretching myself too thin and I need to separate myself from my work. Or I can see, you know, by, by stepping back from the work that I'm doing that, you know, my ankle is actually swelling up or something and, and take, take steps to, to mitigate it that way. Um, same with writing the book. Um, you know, I have to write 80,000 words by the end of June and, you know, hopefully make this book as helpful and as entertaining as I can. Um, but there are a lot of mental barriers to writing a book as well as you know, right now, physical and emotional uh, barriers to writing the book. And so just checking in every once in a while is one of the best ways to, one of the best resources you have and tools that you have to, to become more productive. With your hourly check-ins for energy do you have any sort of tool or resource where you capture that so you can see bigger trends? Yeah. You know, one, one of the experiments I did in my project was calculate my biological prime time, which is the time of the day when, you know, you consistently have more energy than any other time of the day, which is, you know, by the way, when you should work on your highest leverage tasks and, and not kind of the maintenance and support tasks that you have to work on. And so I, I did, I did that experiment, um, you know, it, it, my, my biological prime time is between 10 a.m. and noon and 6 and 8 p.m. And that's that's when I schedule my most important tasks. So, so I, you know, it, it's important to do that in general. What I did is I charted my energy levels and my focus over the course of three weeks every hour. And, you know, I found that your my energy levels and my focus moved relatively in tandem with one another over the course of that experiment. But, you know, in terms of the hourly check-in, you know, I, I don't, I don't keep a note, you know, that, that just makes the task, uh, that just, just makes it doing so too aversive for me. I, I just simply, uh, take a, a few seconds to, you know, walk away from my computer or walk away from whatever I'm doing and reflect on, on where I sit. 
I think that's good. And it sounds more like an awareness, a present moment awareness exercise than anything, because it is so easy to just get sucked into the computer and four or five hours later you come out and you don't know what has happened. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and some, sometimes it's good to get sucked in when it means a flow-like state, but sometimes you get sucked in and you like snap back to attention and find yourself on somebody's like, like a cute person's like 31st profile picture on Facebook. Like, like it's, it's not always a good thing. So stepping back, you know, it won't really interrupt your flow state too much because your brain will still turn away at the thing. Um, but if you're doing something unproductive that you're sucked into, um, then, then it'll help you there to kind of get back on track. Well, great answers, Chris. We'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well as a link to that article that you mentioned about how you found your your peak times. That sounds interesting. And if people out there want to dig deeper into some of the topics that we discussed, the links will be all in the show notes. It'll be theproductivityshow.com forward slash 35 or theproductivityshow.com, A-L-O-P, a life of productivity. If... um. If you want to connect with us, we're at Asian Efficiency. How can people connect with you, Chris? Yeah, my, my website is alifeofproductivity.com. There's no ads, no sponsorships. All the articles are there for just uh, totally free. tweets to get you distracted. <laughs> yeah, just distracting tweets and one of those like annoying newsletter pop-ups. But if you, <laughs> if you click the X, it'll go away forever in, unless you buy a new computer or something or change browsers. Um, I'm also on Twitter at ALO Productivity, or you could just read the, the side of my website. Um, it's the same text as the article, so it shouldn't be too distracting unless you don't get enough sleep or you drink too much caffeine the day before. Um, and, and my personal, I, I'm joking because I love you. Um, and my personal Twitter is at Wiggle Chicken if you want to follow me there, but I don't know if you do. Yeah, I think I do. And <laughs> could be other reasons why I'm distracted. All right, well, Chris, this actually has been an honor. I've read many hours of your uh, your stuff and watched a lot of your your growth as as somebody in productivity. So when you agreed, I was actually surprised because I knew you were writing your book and you would be hyper focused. So I'm a little bit glad for your injury, but hope wish you the well. In, You're in, glad for my injury. What? Well, you wouldn't be talking to me if <laughs> what you. The hell, man. <laughs> Maybe I would get off. I'd get a slot on your unprime time. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's been a pleasure. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this episode. This might be one of those that actually you might have to listen to two or three times to get all the little nuggets of wisdom you shared with us. So thank you so much. Well, I hope folks find it valuable. Th thanks for having me, man. All right. We'll see you next time. This is Zach coming at you at the end of the show. Chris and I joked about how we wanted a little bit more hate mail, but that's not that's not quite true. We actually like getting all the positive responses. We've getting people from Twitter to Facebook to our email at podcast at Asian Efficiency. One of the best places you can let us know how we're doing is in iTunes. If you leave an honest review there, it actually helps more people find us. I'm going to read one right now, and this is from Missy Teacher Pants. She says, Aha, moments ahead. I got this recommendation from a friend, and I'm really glad I started listening on my commute. I find myself saying, Oh, that would be easier, or Oh, that sounds like a good plan in every episode. So that's just one review. Uh, reviews help us out. Actually, telling friends like Missy Teacher Pants's friend helps spread the productivity around, and it'll really help us out. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to giving you more. Bye.